0: Thank you Jesus, praise God. All the time God is good, God is good all the time. Well, today we're going to talking about we're going to talk about seeing yourself, seeing yourself as God sees you. I've got some good news for everyone that is here today, some good news. God has spoken that there's a new season that is before you. There's a new time before you. Just as we are transitioning right now from spring into summertime, well, there are, there are transitions going on with seasons within your lives. The same way spring is going out and summer is coming in June 21st, is the first day of summer, I believe, well, there are transitions and things of seasons happening and about to happen in your lives. So in transitioning or moving on, you must look ahead to your destiny. must look ahead to your destiny. We've got to get these thoughts out of our heads, you know, that we're just trapped in the here and now. There's a destiny for every single believer that is sitting here in this room, if you will dare to believe God. We need to remember that the time is for us not to look back. We don't look back. We've all had things that we've struggled with. We've all had times that were challenging and things like that, but we can't look back. If you're transitioning from one season to another, then look ahead to this new season. When we get into the throes of summer and we're enjoying ourselves, we don't go looking back to last winter or last spring. We think about what am I going to do this summer and on to the end of the summer and into the fall. So I'm saying to you today, don't look, look back. There's a new season that is coming about in your lives. God knows your hurts. God knows your wounds. God knows your disappointments. God saw the betrayals that happened in your life. God saw the tears. God was with you through the pain. And God is here to make it right. God will work it all. The hurt, the disappointment, the betrayals. It'll work for good because you love him and because most importantly, he loves you. So he knows the things that you've suffered with. He knows the things that you've been challenged with. God will give you beauty for ashes But you have to leave those ashes behind so he can resurrect with newness of life those things that the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. God knows the things that you've been through and is looking for things to come. And you need to look at your destiny. What is my destiny? And we have to remember that we can't look back. Let's go to Genesis 19 to see what looking back can do. And you see, and the devil would have you in a position where all you do is focus on the past. You look at things that didn't go right. You look at the people that hurt you. You look at the things that were said. You look at the disappointments. You look at the things that, quote, unquote, didn't materialize. And you dwell on those things. But remember who you are in Christ Jesus. And remember that God wants to move you. He wants to promote you. He wants to move you on. So where you are today is not where you're going to be tomorrow. And when I say tomorrow, I'm saying in the next season. But I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to trust God and to be bold enough to stand up in what he has for you and with expectation, not looking back. We're going to go to, to, to chapter 19. And we're going to look at, look at Lot here in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the, the, the pre-story or the foundation here was back in Genesis chapter 3. 13, yeah, in chapter 13, Abraham and Lot had sort of a falling out. The land they were living in, they were so rich, they were so wealthy, that they did not have enough room for the two of them. So they started bickering back and forth, and so they say, all right, you know, you go to the left, I'll go to the right, or if you go to the right, I'll go to the left, and we'll just kind of split up. Lot chose to go into the direction of Sodom, okay? Okay. We'll, see, we'll read from there, starting with chapter 19, verse number one. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay. But we shall abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. In other words, he stressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread. And they did eat. And before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Now, we know from a biblical perspective, when you see that knowing someone or so-and-so and and his wife, and he he knew his wife, this is is implying a, a sexual connection and so on. Now we see what a great and brilliant idea it was for Lot to choose to go to. He chose to go to Sodom, of all places. So now that he's there, these two new men come in. Not knowing that they were angels, these two men come into the town and the perverted people of the town encompassed round about Lot and said, send the men men out so that we can, quote unquote, party with them. OK, and Lot, the poor soul says, and Lot went out at the at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good in your eyes, only unto these men do nothing. For for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Now, look what happens when you go into a perverted town. Look what happens when you're hanging around with perverted people. You wind up thinking just as pervertedly as they do. He's saying, leave the men alone, but take my daughters, take my daughters and do with what you will. What father in his right mind would even say anything like that? But you're living around filth, and you wind up thinking like the filth, and you wind up doing like the filth. What a great idea, what a great plan it was for Lot to choose to go to Sodom. Verse number 9 says, And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs to be a judge. And he needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the men, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and, what, and, and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. Bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Now, before that, going back to Genesis chapter 14 or so, uh, 14 or 15, Abraham was uh, bargaining with these angels who were going there to destroy the city. Please, if there be 50 that be righteous there, don't do it. And he went down to 25, and he went down and he tried to bargain with them. Finally, the angels said, we're going forth, and this was what, what he's telling Lot now. They're telling them that God is, uh, verse verse 13, For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is, is, is waxing great, or gro- grown great, before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city." And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Please, in the line, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain unless some evil take me and I die. So he wants to stay where he is rather than take a chance and go and do what the angels are telling him to do. Not so smart. Behold now, this city is near to to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither or there. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for which thou hast spoken. Haste thee. Escape thither, for I cannot do a thing till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth, and Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew these cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground. Verse 26, underline and highlight. But his wife looked back from behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. She looked back and became a pillar of salt. Okay? All right? So the angels who were bargaining with, with uh, Abraham, well, since Abraham was bargaining with them, they said if there was one left, that he shall not decide uh, uh, destroy the city. So the angels had to get Lot out of there and let him go to the city Zoar. And then after that, you see, that's when brimstone and fire came upon the city. But the wife looked back. So what she looked back for was that she was longing for the past life. She was longing to be back where she was. So in the things that are going to be happening in your life, the blessings, the new season that God is going to be moving you into, you can't be looking back. There may be some things that you need to leave behind. The things that you're in now, the season that you're in right now, the things that you're dealing with, the affiliations, the people, the things that you're doing, the habits. You may need to move on from that, but you can't look back. You will never be able to realize the new season to where God wants you to get as long as you're hanging on to the past. You can't look back. You do not want to do as Lot's wife and wind up becoming a, quote-unquote, a pillar of salt in that you will not be successful or that you may die, quote-unquote, die spiritually desiring your old way, desiring your old city. God is saying to you today that there's a new season that is lying before you. But you got to look and you got to search your life and you got to think about where am I living now? Where am I living now? What am I involved with now? If I'm going to be so bold as to want to understand and to see my destiny, Lord, do I have to give up something or some place or someone that I am with now? You see, so many times we get caught up into things that we don't realize how bad they are. All right? We don't realize how bad they are. Lot chose to go off to this damnable land to live and everything, and he was there for a season of time. And he almost became like them because, again, I say, what father in his right mind would offer, would offer these men his daughters? So he had come, become thinking the way they did, which is so dangerous when we're living in our current season that we're not willing to give up. We need to ask God to, 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 to give you strength to press beyond the past. You need to ask God to give you strength to move on from your present condition, from your present situation. You need to ask God to, to, to lead you and to help you to stay moving forward toward your high calling in Christ. Everyone sitting in this sanctuary has a high calling in Christ, but some of us have not yet realized it. Some of us have not yet even realized that I have a high calling in Christ. There's a lot more to your life than simply getting up every day, going to work, or doing whatever you do. There's a lot more for your life. God has a plan. God has a destiny for you. But you won't realize it until you are willing to get out of that path and not look back. You've got to see yourself as God sees you. God can do a lot more than you can ever imagine. A lot more than you can ever imagine. But you know what you have to do? You've got to take the limits off God. you got to take the limits off. Amen. Something you're praying for, something you're hoping for, someone you're praying for, someone that you're hoping for. The little imp that would be sitting on your shoulders will whisper in your ear, well, that's not going to happen. That's impossible for that to happen. God said he can do all things. We've got to take the limits off of God. Do you realize that every time you entertain doubt in your spirit, every time you entertain some worry or some concern, that something that you're praying for that is in line with the word of God, that every time that you do that, you're setting a limit on God? How many here realize that while we may say to one another and know that God is all-powerful, that God is El Shaddai, He is supreme, that God is the Lord God creator of the universe and He has such awesome power, how many realize here that the minute you start taking your sights off of God and start limiting Him, you put God's most capable hands in handcuffs. You shackle Him. As powerful as God is, if you choose to continue looking back and living back in Sodom, if you will, if you choose to keep living the life that you are living and not being bold enough and courageous enough to want God to bring me into your destiny for my life, to have me ready, Lord God, to move on to where you want me to be, Lord, you surely, you take God's awesome, powerless arms and you massive handcuffs you place on God. God can't do it. Why can't God do it? Because he, because of his own word, says that he will not overpower your will. You are an agent of free choice. The same way you chose to come here today, the same way you chose to come and hear God's word, as opposed to doing something else, whatever the something else things could have been, that was a choice that you made. There are things in your life, there are things coming up in the seasons to come, the new seasons to come that God wants to do for you. But as long as you entertain doubt and you don't align yourself with God, then you put awesome handcuffs on God and he cannot touch you. Do you realize that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you? You realize that? The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is indeed in you. So that means that you have some power, but that power that is residing in you still can be hindered and stifled by your lack of faith, by your lack of boldness to move forward instead of looking backwards. God is is very able to do much more. Let's go to Romans 8. Go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Sometimes we, we harbor guilt. Every now and then the devil will bring back to remembrance something you were involved in, someone you were involved in. The devil will bring back to memory some, some circumstances or some events that you were involved with. And it's amazing that when you think about those things of the past, They come back in blazing technicolor. I can still remember back in 1964 when there was someplace I shouldn't have been. (laughs) And I can remember what I had on, the t-shirt, color, and everything else with crystal clarity. What I had for breakfast this morning, don't remember. But the devil will bring back to remembrance with crystal crystal clarity those things of the past that you want to forget. The devil will bring back with crystal clarity the people that you used to associate that you need to separate from. The new season that God wants you wants to move you in may require for some of you to leave the Sodoms, to leave some of the people, to leave some of the circumstances. We think about, boy, how painful that will be. I had a childhood friend, and when the time was, and I loved him dearly, when the time came where the Lord was calling me, and I knew what I had to do, and he was content to do whatever he wanted to do, I went where God wanted me to go. And the thing about it is, is that when you became bold enough, you become bold enough and you tell God, yes, Lord, I want this new season. I want my destiny in you. And God says to give this, leave this, to turn away. Whatever you give and turn away, God will replace that. God will replace them. God will replace the situation with something that is so awesome that it will not be as painful as it may seem at the present time. But every single one sitting here today has to make a decision. Today, not tomorrow, today. What is it that you want from God? Do you really, really, really want to move on to this new season that God has before you? You can look around and you can see that what, go, what is going on is, is almost a shadow of things have yet to come. These past few days when we had this water um, crisis here in Salem gave me a lot of time for food for thought and speculation. And I said, gee whiz, you know, you know, my, my daughter-in-law was shopping in Winco and, and she texted talking about how it was like the apocalypse in there, you know, and it, it, it was madness. And it was just a little taste, a little taste of what it could be like. Imagine if we were at the point in time where you had to show a mark on your hand or on your forehead in order to get that water. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing, and I could see the, 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 their eyes and the, the intensity on people's faces where they thought they would not be able to get water. Amen? Amen? That's but a taste. This is but a smidgen of things that could be yet coming. So we have to make a decision. What is it that we want in our lives? How bold we want to be in God. I'm sorry, but God's got to come first in my life. I want to please him. I want to be where he wants me to be and doing what he wants me to do. And I could give a penny's gosh, about what anyone else thinks about that. No, I wasn't going to (laughs) cuss. So the eyes get big. Amen. 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 The main thing is that you have to make up some decision today. What is it that I want to do? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That's you. Who walk after the flesh, who walk, I'm sorry, walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Walking after the flesh includes, in, in, includes thoughts of the mind. It includes, includes infirmity. It includes bondage. It includes fear. All of the things that would come along, along with fleshly or carnal thinking, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Underline that, please. The law of the life of the uh, Spirit, spirit I'm sorry, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Please in the line, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay? So the first thing that we've got to see is that as we as Christians, we don't follow the fleshly ways. We've been set, a, set free from the law. Okay? The law, the law in Old Testament was a set of commandments and statutes and things that we had to, to, to do. And then we had to have the high priest come along to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. To plead for the sins of man, etc. And so we had a lot of things that we had to follow. A lot of rules. Okay? Now, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. In that, with Jesus coming and then with his dying and death and resurrection and returning and giving us the Holy Spirit, now we are not... We are not reliant on just the old law because we have freedom in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean that we're free to, to not follow God's commandments. But what I'm saying is that we do not have to be bound by the works and the things that we have to do in order for us to feel that we have not, we, we have repented of our sin. We have Holy Spirit, we have Lord Jesus where we can simply, simply go to and ask forgiveness. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We don't follow after fleshly thinking and, 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 uh, and, and worries and carnal worries, but after the spirit. Verse number five says, for they that are after the flesh do mind or they do care for the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit care for or do mind. I'm inserting the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. And peace. Do you know and realize that God wants to do more? Do you realize that your mouth, your mouth, is the connector between your present reality and God's plan for your life? Do you realize that your mouth, the things that you speak forth, is the connector between your your, between your, your your present life and God's plan for your life? So what are you saying? What are you, what are you confessing? Are you letting your life be, be, be uh, progressed in line with a carnal mind? Where you're worried about the, the, the things of this life, the things of this world. Will you believe in God that the way that he believes in you? You don't realize it. But do you believe in you, in yourself, the way God believes in you? Do you think of yourself the way God thinks of you? Take the limits off. Dream with God. Let your eyes see, yet your ears hear, and your heart dwell on what God has prepared for the one that he loves. And that's you. The best is yet to come, but you've got to believe. You need to ask God to let you see things the way that he sees you. Continuing here, here, it says, and he's telling us here in verse number 7, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, and neither can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. In everyday language, if we are so concerned about continuing to exist in the life that we're living in or in the season that we're in, which could be possibly driven by friends, relatives, circumstances, the things that are not happening in your life. okay, that's being carnally minded because you're worried about the things of the of the flesh. Okay, I'm not going to have enough money. I'm not going to this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Whereas to be spiritually minded is where you shifted that thinking and you're thinking on the things of the Spirit and you're saying things like, with God, all things are possible. God loves me. God has a plan for me. You see? So as long as you're thinking the other way, then, then your, your mind is at war with things of the Spirit. And as long as you are in that condition, then it is very, very difficult to you, for you to understand and accept the things of the Spirit. I don't know, I don't know how to say this any more plainly than, You've got to change your thinking to relying on the Spirit of God, whom you cannot see, but you have to have the faith in knowing that he's there to guide you in your thoughts and in your actions. So when it comes down to the things that are currently in your life, where there are negative confessions perhaps going on around you, where there is something that you're praying for and there are people that you know, people that are close to you, that are perhaps giving negative confessions and saying that these things for you are not going to happen, you have to, to not operate in that carnal mind and look at the things that they're talking about, but focus on the Spirit of God. Do you follow what does that make sense and focus on the things of God? The Holy Spirit said... The Holy Spirit said, God said that there's a new season about to happen in my life. So I'm not going to be looking at what other things are saying to me, what other people are saying to me. I'm going to be holding fast because God said that there's going to be a new season in my life. The interesting thing is that when you are about to realize a new season in your life or when you are about to realize a blessing, that's when the evil one steps up his campaign against you. That's when he comes at you from all sorts of quarters. That's where he starts. You start hearing things from people that are totally counter to what you're praying for. You'll never succeed at that. You'll never be able to do that. So and so is going to die. They're going to continue to be sick. All right. You need to separate yourself from that, as hard as that may be. And you're coming to a point in your life. Trust me, where I say this, where many of you sitting here in this room are going to have to make some decisions in terms of what, where do I want to be, to whom do I want to associate where do i want to spend my time and where do i want to focus my thoughts the time will come god is requiring change god is requiring that you no longer conduct and think of life the way you conduct and think of life right now but 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 but, but literally elevate your thinking and think the way god thinks and think the way and see yourself the way god sees you Continuing here in, in, in Romans, um, verse number 7, uh, we read, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're thinking fleshly thoughts and you're still hindered by what your world around you shows and not trusting God, then it's, you cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that Spirit of God dwells in you. Underline that, please. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. All right? So you are not in the flesh, but the Spirit of God dwells in you. So if that Spirit of God is dwelling in you, that means that you can be be driven and guided by that Holy Spirit. You do not have to give in to the worries that men, quote unquote, that men have, the concerns that men have. You elevate yourself to where God is. The problem is so many times that we try to bring God to where we are. Something going on in our life and you start measuring God's success by what's happening in your world. So many times we start, you know, measuring whether or not something will be achieved or whether or not something will come to pass based on the people that we know or someone that we can contact, pick up or call. Sometimes we think and and we we, we kind of forget even that in times of infirmity that, you know, you're worrying about the doctor. How qualified is this doctor and what if and what if and what if instead of saying, looking at the other way and seeing how God views it, that God can guide that doctor. God can speak to that doctor. God can make things work where I do not see an answer, I do not see a way. But you've got to go outside that proverbial box we talk about all the time. You cannot continue thinking and living and behaving the way you are if you really want to get to the new season in God. And many of us sitting here, you know, have have at one time or not said, you know, Jesus, I really want to grow in God, I want to move up in God. Well, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen if you're still stuck in your own ways. If you can't openly and honestly and deeply just simply praise God. If you can't really get to the point where you actually love God and you feel it the way you love your, your children, the way you love your parents, the way you love any loved one that's in your family. Can you love God that same way? Can you open your mind to understanding that I need to think about things, I need to think about how I think? Because that's where it starts. It starts right there in, in the mind. Amen? Continuing in here, it says that... Um, uh, number 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Okay? Quicken, in, quick, quicken here uh, in the original means to make alive again. Okay? Make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in them. Let's read that again. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead uh, all, shall also quicken your mortal bodies uh, by his spirit that dwells in you. Dare you to believe that the same Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus is in you. And do you realize what a difference that makes? Do you realize what a powerful difference that makes? Do you realize when you when you, you think about the spirit of God is in me, when you've got that issue going on. I mean, you know, it, and, and it's happened to me. And sometimes because I'm, I'm human, it, it, it still happens. And I got to kind of regroup. But I, I have to kind of like shake myself say, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? I've got the Holy Spirit of God in me. Why am I putting up with these thoughts? Why am I worrying about these things? Why why am I sweating that? That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ is in me. and will therefore quicken or rejuvenate or will revive me to bring me to where God wants me to be. I, Michael, I do not have to struggle. I do not have to try to figure this out. And when you get to that point that you can really kind of smack yourself in the face and say, wait a minute, why am I letting myself go down this path? Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? The Spirit, I'm a born-again child of God. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I believe that he's the Son of God and he's the Lord of my life. I've accepted it and I believe that in my heart. So that means Holy Spirit is here. Why in the daylight am I going through this? Why am I letting myself be troubled? One of the new seasons that God is going to bring you into is a deep, profound realization of that truth. That you're not by yourself. That if things are not going in your life right, if things are not going around you right, that you need to stop the struggling by yourself. Because greater is he that is in you than all of those demonic forces that are in this world. And you can overcome them. This is part of that new season. It's a new season where there's going to be a transformation of your mind, because that's where the battle is raged. There's going to be a new season where your thought processes will be different. It doesn't mean from time to time the enemy will not come upon you and try and drag you back, try and make you look back to Sodom, so to speak. There won't be the times that those things won't come, come up. But you, though, in this new season, when you've vowed and make, made up your mind that you're going to follow the mind, of you have the mind of Christ, and that the Holy Spirit is in you, and you can say, wait a minute. And you kind of slap yourself spiritually and say, I'm not going to let myself be dragged there. I'm not going to look back. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ is in me. This is a new season. This is a new time. It's a new time for you to be thinking. God's strength. Your weakness does not disappoint God, by the way. You know that. God knows you feel weak on some days, but you should rejoice in that because God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness does not surprise God nor disappoint him. God loves you. But you have to get to the point of realizing that when I am weak, that's when God is the strongest because I turn to him. It's almost like if you were lifting weights, you're lifting weights, you know, and all of a sudden you just hit the wall and you just can't lift anymore. Then you say, I am weak, I am weak, and you call on God to help you to lift that weight. This is where you have to get to in that new season. You see, and the thing about it is that there will be plenty, many that will be around you that will look at you like you're crazy. How can you even think that? How can you even say that out of your lips? Look before you. Look what's happening here. Look, don't you see? See, I'm not looking through your eyes. I'm looking through the eyes of God. I'm looking through the promises. This is part of that new season that is about to come about to you. It's almost like there's a calendar before you, and here we know we have a few days until June 20th or June 21st when summer come, actually hits the, hits, the, uh, hits the road, so to speak, in line with the celestial events. Well, I'm saying to you today that you can look ahead today and know that that new season is coming. So you can be prepared for it. The same way when the summer is coming, you start going through your closet, pulling out your shorts, getting rid of the long pants like we were just doing the other day. Pulling out, getting rid of, pulling the shorts out, getting rid of the long pants, put them to another side of the closet because you know summer is coming. Well, I am saying to you today to know that your summer is coming. Your new season is coming You just have to prepare for it. You have to be ready for it. You can't be looking back. You can't be hanging on to those hot, long, woolen pants when the summer is coming. You can't look back to the old things of your life. Amen? you got to let those things go and believe that God is about to do something new. God knew that you would not always win your inner battles. God knew that you would not always win your inner struggles with temptation when he called you into this relationship with him. You are a work in progress. But God sees you as a masterpiece That despite whatever failures you may have had. You've got to realize that God does not see you the way you see you. You know, we've often said that the most critical in terms of forgiveness is yourself. Others can forgive you for something, but many times we carry around the guilt because we are so hard on ourselves. We cannot forgive ourselves. God does not see you that way. God sees you as a winner. God sees you through the eyes of love. God sees you through the blood of Jesus. So call upon God. Call upon him to strengthen you. Call upon him to give you some support. He will help you overcome your weaknesses. When you're feeling like you can't accomplish something or you don't know how to achieve something, pray to God he will help you overcome it. He will help you to understand, Lord, I'm struggling. I want to believe. I want to know. But Lord, this is what I see. This is where I am. Lord, help me. The more honest you get with God, you'd be surprised how all of a sudden there will come over you a feeling and a knowing that God is there. You know all of a sudden there will all of a sudden the darkness that is in that tunnel, will there will be light. You'll feel literally a physical weight lifted off of your back when you start learning that your season that is before you does not mean that you have to hang on to what you believe is going to be for this summer, but you're believing God for what's going to be this summer. Because I'm trusting in Him. Because I put my destiny in His hand. Just understand that nothing can separate you from God's love. Ask Him to strengthen you. Strengthen your spirit so that you can resist all temptations for the evil one. And one of the greatest temptations I say to you today is going to be as you start moving into this new season. And as you start, the interesting thing is that if you're sincere in wanting to move on in the Lord and to move up in the Lord, so to speak, and if you're looking for a deeper understanding of the word of God, a deeper relationship, you'll start seeing some things in your life changing. You'll start seeing some things in your life changing in that when issues and things come up in your life, it is how you view them and how you react to those issues you'll all of a sudden start finding are different. You'll start feeling that things that are coming against you, things that are coming your way that are not so pleasing, it doesn't quite bother you as much. You don't get so upset. You'll find that there's less of a burden because you know that I'm not going to carry this burden, that I'm going to give it to God. The interesting thing that I chuckle at sometimes is that You know, you ever go, go out someplace, go to work, to the store or whatever, leave your house wherever you're going and you pat in your pockets. Boy, I feel like I forgot something. You know, geez, something. I got out of, I got out of the house on time. I I got out ten minutes early. I must be forgetting something. I must be. I'm way, I'm early, way early. What did I leave? You will find that as you start moving in this walk with Holy Spirit, and as God is moving you into this new season and you're not looking back to back to Sodom, you're not looking back anymore. That all of a sudden you're going to see things in your life going so easy. You're going to start seeing that all of a sudden I'm joyful and I'm happy. say, hey, Why? Wow. Should I be this happy? Something must be wrong. I'm actually smiling and laughing. I don't feel this way. There must be something I'm forgetting to be mad about. There must be something I'm forgetting to be upset about i got to go find that thing that that I'm upset about. Amen? 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 You see, and and, and that will happen, mark my words, but the thing that you have to understand that when that happens, that's that spirit that is trying to pull you back to Sodom. That's that spirit that is trying to make you look back. So when it happens, you rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God said to look ahead, there's my destiny right now, up on the hill, that cool green grass, that palm tree, that oasis, that's where God is getting me to, I'm not going to look back. Yeah, that's right, I did forget something and I'm not going back for it. <laughs> All right? I'm not going back for it, it's done with, it's a done deal. You're going to a new season, but that new season depends on you. And the hardest thing for we as human beings, because we are such creatures of habit, we're creatures that are so accustomed to doing things a certain way, the same way we are so accustomed to carrying the same burdens, we worry about the same things. What I'm saying to you today, that today you can be set free. You can be set free. You have to remember that you are indeed a child of God. Amen? Amen? Um, verse number 18, I just want to jump ahead to. For I reckon not, for I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. For the earnest expectation of the creature or the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature or the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain altogether until until now. But not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So taking that again, unpacking it, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? Okay, if if, if 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 I'm hoping for a new car, and I'm sitting in a new car, then why am I hoping for it? All right, all right. But if I'm on a skateboard, and I need a new car. Now, that's hope, because you don't see it, okay? The difference is, how do you transition for what you now see and what you do not see? And your mouth has a lot to do with that, okay? Because it says there, for what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then we do with patience, wait for it, you see? So that hoping for something that you do not yet see, that is where the patience and the faith comes in. Because if you're hoping, you know, it, 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 it doesn't take any faith when you've got, you know, $20 billion in the bank and you're worried about money. Okay? That's not hope that's not faith. But it's those things that you don't see. It's those things that you cannot realize, you cannot understand in your little, little puny mind when you try to work it out. You cannot understand how it's going to come to pass. That's the new season that God's going to bring you into. If you dare, if you dare, if you dare to put off the old thinking. If you dare to put away what you used to think. If you dare to, 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 to renounce, if you, way, if you will, the old teachings. You know? We can get so twisted up and so perverted and, and messed up in the head listening to the wrong doctrine. This is the word of God. It doesn't belong to, 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 to the Baptist, to the so-and-so, to the this or to the that, or to the uh, Presbyterian. It doesn't belong. This is simply it's simply Christian Christian gospel that God is simply saying to move on and giving you some warning in advance that I'm moving you to a new season, but you've got to be willing to not look back. You've got to be willing to bold enough to tell those that are around you, that I'm not listening to you. They're not going to be influenced by you. You gotta make up your minds. Who do you choose? Do you choose God and a wondrous thing? You know, the thing about it is that the more you grow in God, the more you learn about God, the more and more wondrous your life becomes. The answers to things all of a sudden start materializing. If they don't materialize right away, they will in time. But the whole thing starts with you changing on how you think about God. Okay? None of us are born with such tremendous supernatural faith greater than you. The word of God says that we were all given the same measure of faith. Which means that you have the same measure of faith that I have. The same measure. The only difference might be is that I've exercised that faith. I've worked that faith. I've lifted weights with that faith. Okay, I've grown muscles with that faith. But the measure that was given to me is no less or more greater than the measure that God gave to you. It's just that how I use my muscle, my mouth, how I confess, how those that would try to drag me down, see ya, see ya. Not going to be bothered with it because I got a greater calling over here. I'd much rather be with my greater calling than to be over here with you. Hanging out in the same old places, doing the same old things. Tomorrow I wake up with a headache. Tomorrow this, got a whole lot of regrets and this and that. See ya! When I know that when I go forth in my life and in my work, every single day is a beautiful day. Do I have challenges? Yeah, I have a challenge. But it does not stay with me because I refuse to let it stay. I refuse to let anybody drag me down. They may try, but I say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Oh, well, that's your so-and-so, that's your... So what? He's not God, he's pulling me away, he's pulling me down. When you get to the point that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you get to the point that you're sick and tired of being dragged down, that you're, you, you get headaches, that you feel nervous, that you're worried about something, get to the point that you're sick and tired of, of, of just having a life that seems to have no meaning, then you say to God, okay, God, I'm ready, here I am, bring me into your season. Bring me, I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of playing games. Yeah, John, I knew John for 30 years. Good friend, a good buddy. But he wants to go that way, and Lord, you're calling me here. What's more important? Friend, family members. Friend, family members. There's people I haven't spoken to for years. Do I pray for them? Yeah. Pray for them. God doesn't say I got to hang out with them. You gotta get to the point. You gotta get to the point that God is first. Is it always easy? No, it's not always easy, but you gotta make it, and I'm telling you, for, for, for many, many, many of us, that is a sore point. It's a sticking point. God wants to bring you someplace, man, that you just cannot imagine. But you got dead wood in your life. Dead wood. That right now appears to be gold because you're hanging on to it. What does that singer Al, um, Alvin Slaughter sing, um, What's That In Your Hand? I think it's called God Can. He says, What's That In Your Hand? If you're willing to lose it, then I can use it. All right? If you're willing to give up something, you're willing to, 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 to sacrifice it and then say, okay, Lord, I know, boy, I knew that person. I love that person. I, I love doing this. I love the situation, whatever it is, the habit that I'm always, I love doing that. But, Lord, for you, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm not going to do it. Boy, God rolls up his sleeves and says, now she's ready. Now he's ready. And all I can say to you is that your head spins. Your head spins. I mean, you see things that that are happening. I mean, just little things, little things, little trivial things. I had something that needed to be picked up from the garage. It was too heavy. Had a special pickup come, called the garbage company, said, what was it? Said, okay, it'll be 75 bucks to pick it up. 75 bucks. I looked at it, man, could I possibly drag it on my back? I said, no, no way. $75. All right. They showed up and picked it up. Next day, got a phone call. Holmes, the call. I called him back. Yes, I missed your call. Oh yeah, yeah. Just wanted to tell you after we made the pickup, it's only gonna be thirty-five dollars. Thirty-five dollars. Wasn't seventy-five. Now some may see, oh boy, okay, well, that wasn't a million bucks. The point I'm trying to say to you is that when you're faithful to God, when you're giving to God, little things come back to you in the darndest ways. Things come back to you that you just don't even expect. Okay. It was $45, and I'd go out and buy me some ice cream or whatever I wanted with, or whatever, went and bought lunch or something. But what I'm saying to you is that God blesses you in little ways, miraculous ways, and I gave him the glory for that. Okay, because again, it's just reinforcing to me, you see, if you keep doing what you're doing, I'm always going to be there. God works through men. You'd be surprised where you'll get blessings in the most surprising places. And don't poo-poo them because they're $10 or $5. God is showing you something. He's showing you a principle of how he works. Okay. Okay. Now the difference is, is that when I was back in Sodom, mentally living in the old life, I would have poo pooed that. Seventy-five dollars down to thirty-five. Why couldn't he pick it up for free? Why couldn't they pay me? They're probably going to take that metal and reuse it. I probably would. You understand what I'm saying? But when, when 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 you get this change of season and you begin to understand, you see how God works, you see how that little $45 or whatever, $40, whatever the difference is, you see that God is telling you, you see, even in this, I am here. And that's part of your new season. you got to see where God is in every place in your life. And the more you realize and the more you see these things and the more you expect these things, the more they will happen in your life. You see, so that when there's a bigger need, when there's a greater need, see, this is me exercising my faith, my faith muscles, okay? Then when there's a greater need, I have faith for the greater need. Because I saw how God over the many, many, and it just doesn't start with that. I mean, my wife and I could tell you, keep you here all day with the little blessings that just show up unexpectedly. Made a wrong calculation in my Pension, which was all of a sudden got a check for ten thousand dollars. That was some years ago, and I didn't even know that. But I'm just saying. I mean, it, it, God does that. But you got to change your season. You got to be willing to sacrifice. God probably would not have been done that if I was still hanging out with some of the people I used to hang out or still believing the things that I used to believe. But I made a choice I said, No, I don't care who they are. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Wow. Praise the living God. Praise God. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. I pray you think on these things because God has promised that and he doesn't make idle promises, but he leaves it up to you. You've got to make that connection. You've got to confess it with your mouth so that God can bring about all of the things and many blessings that he wants to give to you. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.